Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, Chief Monkey of Wall Street Oasis, and this is Monkey to Millions, a show where you get a front row seat as I mentor young students and professionals to try and help them break into their dream jobs. In the first cohort, you'll meet four students, all preparing for intense job interviews while trying to also balance a personal life and schoolwork. The goal of this show is to shine a light on the struggles of trying to break into competitive positions with a non-traditional background and to give you a roadmap for your own success. My hope is that as you get to know these four impressive students, you're inspired to dream big. Remember, these are real people and this is their true story. Let's get to it. In this session with Grace, we cover how she finished up with finals in the past month and how sporadic her hours are at the current IV remote internship. I encourage her to use her free time on the lighter days to drill on the new WSO modeling courses that she has available to her, and we spend the last half of the session going through an investment banking technical mock interview. Listen in to find out how she did. All right, Grace, thanks for joining. I think this is either session nine or seven. I always lose count, but uh, mm-hmm. how's it going? We are now in June. In the yes. midst of summer, how's <laughs> yes, uh, how's everything going? Um, it's been good. So I finished with finals and everything for classes a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And then now I've been spending more time on my internship, and um, that's about it. <laughs> and how's Not the how's else. that going? Like, wh- when did you finish exactly? Like mid May. Uh uh-huh, mid May. So, so you've had, um, did, did you have I a week guess. to relax, maybe? <laughs> Um, kind of, I mean, the internship, it kind of like ebbs and flows with how much work I have. So, um, I guess it just, it depends on the day. Yeah. I was talking to Andrew a couple of days ago and he was saying some days are like one hour or nothing. And then the next day he's like doing like 18 hours and he's up till like mm-hmm. two in the morning or he's getting calls <laughs> in the middle of the night. He's like, what's going on? Right. <laughs> it's just sporadic. Is that, is that similar to what's going on with you or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because yeah. normally they said if I were in the office, they'd have me working on a few live deals. Um, but deal activity is obviously slowed down a lot, too. So there's just not as much work that I can be doing as an intern, especially. Yeah, so I know you have access to I think you have access to our Excel modeling course. Did I give you access to that? Not, not? yet. Not yet. Okay, so we just released we just announced on the site, actually, we released the the first three out of the six courses that'll make up the elite modeling package. Mm-hmm. So we have up and ready to go the Excel modeling, financial statement modeling course, and an LBO modeling course mm-hmm. um, that we're super proud of. All those, all those three, I think we're really excited about them um, in terms of how engaging they are and how much fun they are compared to a lot of what else is out there. Um, the LBO modeling course is taught by an actual private equity guy who um, mm-hmm. worked at a mega fund so he that what they built i say they because there's multiple pe professionals kind of combining mm-hmm. is 
better than any private equity model I ever saw. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, it's crazy. It has like uh, toggles for recaps, dividend recaps, toggles for like be able to lever, um, layer in like a roll-up strategy and acquisitions and roll it in seamlessly. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I'll send, I'll send access to all that stuff for you so you can okay. um, start digging through. On the lighter days, it probably makes sense. I think still the Excel modeling, even though you're probably, are you getting some reps with that at your, at your internship? I, yeah, I mean, a lot of the simpler stuff more, but even still just getting all the shortcuts and learning that. Yeah, so that might be a good one just to start with because it's so foundational. If you can get just faster with it and drill and, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I think I mentioned this last time, it's like the piano. Mm-hmm. If you can, can kind of get that, uh, get it out from the the frontal cortex to the the hippocampus, the, the, the cerebellum rather, part of your brain where it's more like mm-hmm. you're not thinking about the quick keys, they're just happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it makes a big difference in terms of right. allowing your uh, freeing up your your um, your left brain, your frontal cortex, to actually think about why you're doing what you're doing, rather than just mm-hmm. like trying to get the formulas and the the nested if statements working properly and all that stuff. Um, okay, and then so so anything? Are you working on any live deals? No, not right now. Um, yeah. But it sounds like. I, I would be surprised if you weeks. were. Uh-huh. Yeah, they said um, in a few weeks, there's something that's on pause right now. So they might have me just start working on some initial things more in advance just to give me something to work on. So I'm still waiting to hear on that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I think a good thing to tide you over is to work on these courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I also think it's important you take a little bit of a break mm-hmm. because you you push really hard your first year to get mm-hmm. the internship, to do well in class. I think it's important to take at least a week just to decompress. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you decompress, whether it's working out or Netflix or whatever it is. <laughs> like, I think it's important that you do something mm-hmm. like that and just actually take, maybe it's just a couple of days, but mm-hmm. really just doing nothing. Right. And just reflecting mm-hmm. or maybe hiking or doing, you know, whatever you enjoy. Maybe it's just reading a lot about fashion, um, whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is, I think it's really important to, to get that because um, otherwise it's just like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Right. Then stop. Yeah, I did have, a, I gave myself about four days. Okay. So. Well, if you need another, a few more, right. don't, don't, yeah, don't hesitate to take it this summer. There is a little bit of benefit of it being remote is you can, you can kind of find those, t- those times for yourself when mm-hmm. you're not feeling it a certain day to just, to just relax, sleep in, um, do, you know, take advantage now when you can, I can't do that anymore with the three. (laughs) So so it's like, you know, really just enjoy that. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like the stuff they're having you do, so it's like pitch work is a lot of PowerPoint stuff. Uh, a lot of PowerPoint and then a lot of compiling it's like buyer's books. So especially for some of these smaller companies where we don't do the whole process, it's more just kind of using my MD's network. And then he gets a commission for it. So I do a lot of the work with kind of just doing research to find possible buyers for these really small companies, usually around one or 2 million revenue. Okay. And um, very cool. And then in in terms of like what you think the summer is going to look like, you're just going to be at home, you think for Mm -hmm. foreseeable future? I think so. I'm, I think I'm going back to the city soon. Okay. Um, So. Oh, you are going to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've a friend through school who had a bedroom open there. So I'm probably going back up. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. A lot mm-hmm. more fun in the city. Well, we'll see what it, this, what it's going to be like this summer. Right. <laughs> um, and how, uh, 
how much things are going to open up and stuff, but it'll be, it'll be fun to be up there, you know, around your friends and stuff. So mm-hmm. are you, are you planning? So just this, uh, basically just this, uh, internship, maybe some self-study, anything else over the summer planned, any trips or anything, um, obviously maybe road trips instead of flying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not anymore. I'm not completely sure. I might go to the beach with my family. Um, I was supposed to go to Seattle the end of August, so I'm not sure yet if that'll still happen. Yeah, I have a trip, a beach trip booked in August um, with the family, but it's right here. It's only a half hour away, so I think we're going to be able to make that (laughs) driving. (laughs) Um, Road trips, I think, are going to be a thing this summer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then um, I also have recruiting stuff starting up soon. So actually tomorrow I'm doing a mock interview with someone from the Fordham team at Goldman. Awesome. Um, so that's been nice. I, was, I wasn't expecting them to offer to do mock interviews with me, but um, so that'll be good. I have that tomorrow and then their applications open up July 1st. Coming so, up. Mm-hmm. And so are they, are they prepping you for like the hire review or are you gonna have to go through that first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's what the mock interview is mostly gonna, supposed to prep for. So odd, but you have a lot of experience now speaking to a camera. Uh, right <laughs> so that's, that's true. <laughs> you have like the perfect setup it's perfect you just yeah good lighting um, right. <laughs> it's funny um yeah in terms of tips for that i think just don't try to rush speak slowly clearly mm-hmm. you know smile as much as you can mm-hmm. you know friendly you know i think the people who struggle with that is they start you know trying to like memorize all their answers mm-hmm. and then they get really nervous and they forget something they have to go back and then like their face is showing a lot of stress. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I think it's a very odd time because we never had to deal with anything like that. And all the new people going through now have to, everyone has to deal with it. Right now that even most super days are probably going to be virtual too. I don't, I don't know how that's you, going to work, but you literally have the best training with this uh, show, but you know, I'm being on this, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I can, I can, um, I can also do that. I mean, do you want to do like any sort of mock interview or any sort of anything like that, maybe behavioral or, or, uh, or technical? Um, I guess that, yeah, that'd be helpful. When's our next thing scheduled? You said July 1st was your first thing. Mm-hmm. That's when the applications open. And I think super days start maybe the week, this week after that, or two weeks after that. From what oh, it perfect. sounds like. So we'll get one more session in before then. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. So it might make sense for us to just do a quick one. Okay. Right now, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. up for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're okay. I don't know how prepared I am, but <laughs> that's okay. I mean, we'll just, just to get a feel for, um, a feel for kind of how comfortable you are. Have you, have you had any chance to kind of go through any of the technical interview course? Mm-hmm. I've gone through a lot of it um, a while ago. And then I've yeah. recently, I've just been reviewing it lightly whenever I have a few minutes. Okay. So not real drilled in, but <laughs> something. Okay. So um, let me just ask you like a basic question. So what's your, um, do you follow the market? You know, let's just start. Okay. Welcome. Welcome, Grace, to, uh, <laughs> to the interview. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to just jump straight in and just ask you questions around. Um, this is going to be a little bit more technical based interview. So, you know, if you don't know, that's fine. But if uh, you could just give your opinion on whatever you think, that'd be great. So if, mm-hmm. I want to start off kind of just talking about the markets and um, 
this time we're in. Um, do you have any opinion on whether you think things are overvalued or undervalued right now? Uh, well, it does. It's, it certainly seems that the market is ignoring a lot of the things happening currently. But then I also read something recently about um, what's called the boredom markets hypothesis and how a lot of the um, I guess increases in stocks currently are due to people having so much extra time on their hands. And so that's especially for retail investors in that they're coming in with a little bit extra money that they're almost okay to gamble with. So they're just putting money into a lot of things and that's causing the increase in value of a lot of these stocks um, despite many of the negative things happening in the world. Yeah, it's very volatile. Any, any opinion on... Uh... A certain sector you would invest in now or things you'd stay away from? Uh, well, airlines have definitely been an interesting one to watch. And uh, also with that, companies like Boeing. And so um, I saw recently that Boeing walked away from their deal. They were supposed to acquire the jetliner business from a Brazilian aerospace company. Mm-hmm. And they had agreed on that the middle of last year. And then it got held up in antitrust review, but now they've walked away from it. Um, especially you know why? because of, yeah. of, well, some of it is to probably preserve liquidity because of not only the all the scandals with the MAX, but then also just the market currently and the airline business in general and the cancellation of a lot of orders for them. So, so would, I think would you put your retirement in Boeing or any airline stocks? Not currently. <laughs> no, you don't like to gamble? No. <laughs> um, so in, in terms of, do you trade at all or do you have any sort of portfolio? Uh, not anything serious, no. Okay. Um, great. And tell me a little bit about, um, you know, why, well, actually, I'm not going to ask that. That's more like a behavioral question. Um, in terms of specifically valuation, have you done a lot of valuation work at your internship? Uh, no, nothing other than some comparable companies analysis, but um, nothing very deeply analytical or detailed. Can you tell me um, what specifically, um, like the, an example of some adjustments you had to make in some comparable company analysis? When one analyzes a company and tries Oops. to determine the valuation, there are really three methods. Sorry, I have Trading a multiple. video playing. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. That was more for one of the courses. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I haven't done anything with making adjustments. No. So when you said you're doing comps, is it more what just prepping though? How are you, how are you doing? Mm, it's more just prepping and then taking um, averages of industry multiples. But when you're when you're kind of so t- walk me through like what a trading comps analysis is like. So what it, what is the point of it? Like why do we mm-hmm. do a trading comps analysis? So it's gathering companies that are in a similar market, a similar industry, and have um, similar products, and taking their current multiples trading on the market, such as EB, EBITDA multiple, for instance, and um, taking those together, often averaging them, finding a median, and to arrive at a multiple range to apply to the company in question and arrive at a market price and market valuation based on those multiples. And so um, in doing so, how do you, in doing so, when I ask what adjustments you make, do you know the types of adjustments? Or do you know like what that means in terms of like adjusting um, 
all the different different companies such that there's kind of some standardization. Do you know why we do that? Mm-hmm. Do you mean adjustments in the income statement? And- I mean like adjustments, like when you're doing a trading comp analysis, like um, getting getting one time items, for example. Do you know? What oh, like- so that would be things like lawsuits and other. Um, why do we do that? Why do we even do that? Why do we bother? Because those don't give an accurate picture of the ongoing operations of the company because they're just one-time events. They aren't going to impact how the company runs in the long term. And so how does this differ from like a DCF? The comparables analysis? Yeah. Um, Well, in a DCF, it's not going to be market-based the way a comparables analysis is. So in comparables analysis, if the market overall is very high at the moment, then you're going to probably have higher multiples that you end up with and thus a higher valuation for the company that you're looking at. But with a DCF, it's based solely on the projections of the cash flow you're making for that company in the future. So it's not going to be impacted by a currently highly overvalued or undervalued market. What are the different ways in a DCF? What what are you discounting those cash flows back to with? Are you using the weighted average cost of capital, which is the required rate of return blended um, with consideration for the debt and equity structure of the company? How do you get to even the cash flow? How do you even project that for the company? The free cash flows? Yeah. You would you take earnings before interest and after taxes, so tax affected, and then add back depreciation, amortization, because those are non cash expenses, and then subtract out capital expenditures, as well as the change in net worth and capital. Great. And um, would you expect, well, let me talk to me about where a lot of the value lies in the DCF. Is it in the, let's say you do a five-year DCF, would you expect a lot of um, the value to be in the cash flows in the next five years or in the terminal value? You would expect it in the terminal value generally, because the terminal value captures all the value for the cash flows beyond the projection period, which is supposed to be much more than just five years. And do you know the different types of ways to do terminal value? Mm-hmm. So there's the exit multiple method, which is simply applying a multiple to the cash flows from the last year of the projection period. And then there's the perpetuity growth method, which is where you take a growth rate, usually around the same growth rate as GDP and apply that to the growth of the company's cash flows. Okay. Um, in terms of what you would expect to have the highest value out of, and in, in, would it be trading comps, precedence, um, DCF in general? Usually it's precedence because those, the values paid in those acquisitions generally have a control premium in them. So that's going to lead to higher values paid for those companies. Even more than DCF? Well, DCF also can have be on the higher end because of often optimistic assumptions about the future cash flows of the company. Fair. Okay. Um, when somebody says a deal is accretive, what does that even mean? It means that when you look at the earnings per share, the earnings per share are going to increase when based on that acquisition. So what do you mean increase of the... Of the of the acquire. Well, it's not going to, in other terms, the earnings of that company and the amount of shares that are being added from that acquisition are not going to dilute the earnings for, per share of the acquirer. Got it. Um, do you are you familiar with um, 
Are you familiar with like a LBO? Um, a little bit. <laughs> and can you tell me just like a basic, what is the concept of a leverage buyout and why mm -hmm. do people do it? Mm -hmm. So it's taking on a lot of debt and using that debt to then acquire the company through almost a shell company. And um, then either paying back the debt over time or making other um, operating adjustments to the company in order to increase its profitability and then selling that company off uh, several years later in order to make a profit. Why would you lever up a company with so much debt? Um, well, increased leverage can lead to much higher returns. What about the downside? As you increase leverage, it also becomes a lot riskier if you aren't able to make those operating adjustments to increase profitability. Do you know what like makes a great LBO candidate? Can you list out? Well, they're generally not going to be a cyclical company because then they would be very sensitive to downturns, which could, again, increase the risk if you have a lot of leverage. So it's generally going to be something with stable cash flows and with a lot of room for operating improvements. Um, anything else you'd look for? Not that I can think of. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, we can talk about it after. But yeah, that's good. You're right in the ones you listed. I think you can get a couple more in there. Um, okay. Tell me about uh, hmm. Do you know what a dividend recapitalization is? Uh, no. Okay, so a dividend recap. Um, okay, it's basically when a, when a private equity firm issues um, a dividend to themselves <laughs> by, by relevering. So let's say they have a company and they're not ready to exit, it's not a good time to exit, but the company is stable and has paid down debt over, let's say, the first three or four years of hold, and they know they're not gonna exit for a few years, they can actually go out and raise more debt, relever the company, and pay that, that those proceeds out as a dividend to themselves. So okay. it, can, it can help um, recapture some of the initial investment, mm -hmm. reduce, reduce risk um, in terms of getting capital out earlier, and can help okay. buy, potentially help IRR, although theory, the theory would say that by relevering, mm -hmm. less that exit as well. So, okay. But by, by uh, there's also tax benefit of, of having that additional leverage. So, mm -hmm. okay. Um, although that's changed, and I'm not going to ask you super technical 2017 tax question of like <laughs> how everything changed because it is crazy complicated. <laughs> and like I learned a lot by going through our LVO modeling course. I was like, wow, this is insane in terms of like how taxes are adjusted based on like EBIT versus EBITDA versus like accelerated depreciation schedule. That's um, yeah, very easy to stump mm -hmm. nowadays with, <laughs> with all that. Um, do you know a little bit, um, do you know a lot about like restructuring at all or distressed companies and kind of uh, anything around that chapter 11, chapter seven? Have you gone through any of that? Not that much. Okay. Um, in terms of like what area of the business do you want to work in? Do you want to do DCM, ECM, M&A, industry groups? Are there certain industry groups that interest you? Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in industry groups and in particular something around real estate or infrastructure likely. Hmm. What interests you about real estate? Uh, I really like the tangibility of it. It's a common answer that probably is, but um, I guess it, because it's so tangible, it's something you get to really see the results of and see the impact of many years down the line as well. Fair. 
Um, just a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to some more basic concepts. So tell me, um, working capital, like how should I think of it in a growing company? Mm-hmm. Well, since the capital is going to be assets minus liabilities, if in a growing company, they're often going to be using a lot of their cash to invest in various things. Wait, you, so said, what? Pro- you said what is working capital? Networking capital's current assets minus current liabilities. Okay. But like, what does that mean exactly? What, it, what does it imply? Um, well, a positive networking capital is going to be a um, source of cash, while a negative networking capital is going to be a use of cash. What do you mean by that positive or negative? So like if let's say um, I have a company that's growing 300% a year, would I expect my networking capital being increasing or decreasing? You would expect it to be uh, decreasing. Increasing. Your assets sure. are growing. Yeah. So right. In- yeah. increasing. So it hurts your, it's, it's a use of cash. So like mm-hmm. sometimes why would a super fast growing company run out of money? Because yeah. they're going to be, having they're going to be taking on a lot of debt and they're not going to be able to monetize no not let's say no debt no debt at all mm-hmm. they, they don't raise any debt they're just super fast growing <clears throat> they're selling a ton ton they're making a ton of business how could they go bankrupt well they could it could be it depends on the time it takes them to collect all of their revenue so if they're even if they have buy all that inventory in advance they might need to pay back for that inventory before they collect all the revenue from that. Exactly. So the the AR um, accounts mm-hmm. receivable could be ballooning, even though they've sold technically sold and they had their owed all that mm-hmm. money. Um, if their AP isn't big enough to offset, mm-hmm. um, and inventory is exploding too as a result, like you said, uh, it can be a big problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. One that investors typically like to fund, though, mm-hmm. growing that fast. Um, so in terms of, um, I think that's good. That's good for now. So I think mm-hmm. that was awesome. I think you did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I think the only, there's very, very minor stuff. So the only one LBO candidate, I think you gave a couple correct, the good, good answers, stable, mm-hmm. so not cyclical. Um, you said specifically, what else did you say? Um, stable cash flows. Oh, non, then- non, non-heavy CapEx. Mm-hmm. I think room you for improvements. Yeah, room for improvements. Um, yeah, for, for margins. I think some other ones is yeah, non capital intensive business, um, non networking capital intensive business if they can collect mm-hmm. and it's good. Another thing you could say is just the management team. Do you have a management team specifically that you can mm-hmm. like drop in place or mm-hmm. um, ways um, ways that um, like you kind of related to what you said? But I think management team is a big one that a lot of people mm-hmm. look at. Um, another one's like a moat to protect profitability, mm-hmm. which is related to the non-cyclicality, but something in terms of mm-hmm. competitive advantage, thinking more like a consultant, a consultant in terms of the strength, uh-huh. opportunities, threats, and, and weaknesses. Um, what else? Um, there's a few more. Um, I'll get you, you should look at the LBO, uh, the private equity interview course, just to get mm-hmm. a little bit more background on that. Or, or when you take the LBO, um, modeling course you'll probably see that stuff but i think um that's good i don't i don't sometimes they just like to test you and i think your answer was perfectly fine but it's good to mm-hmm. just know additional stuff and then um you can say in terms of how why why do they use leverage you can say it can magnify returns like you know 
instead you can say that, that I think you said something along those lines, but just say, well, why does it magnify your return? I could have pushed you more and said, why does it magnify returns? You'd say, because the equity you're writing up front, the equity check you're writing up front is so much smaller. So, so changes in the additional cash you get out is become a bigger percentage IRR. Mm-hmm. Does, okay. that, does that make sense? So it's like mm-hmm. it juices your returns and it could also juice your losses too because right. a small drop in profitability can hurt uh, your potential exit dramatically um, such that it, it magnifies losses. Um, great. Uh, what else did we do at the end? Oh, and then just the networking capital, be careful. It's the changes of networking capital. Mm-hmm. Changes, don't say network. So networking capital is current assets minus current liabilities, but the change in networking capital is if it's positive, it's a drain on cash. Right, okay. Yeah, but so when I said a fast-growing company, make sure you're like, oh, that's a drain because it's, it's, mm-hmm. growing. it's growing, just like yeah. we talked about. Like, think of the fast-growing company that can go bankrupt, and that'll immediately mm-hmm. bring it in your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was great. And then we could, we could push you on the behavioral maybe next because I think behavioral mm-hmm. is actually often under-practiced. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel good? Do you feel like I didn't ask you the typical like ten dollars hits the income statement? What happened? You know. Different. Oh yeah, I've practiced on that one a lot. <laughs> okay, good. Um, that's a very common one. Um, the other thing um, that I think I think your answers around the stock market were great. Should they mm-hmm. actually they knew something? I would say that you know you dabble a little bit, but mostly this index funds. You don't feel confident. You can just say I don't feel like I have okay. know enough <laughs> yet, but I. Mm-hmm. I do invest a little bit on the side for, for the little mm-hmm. uh, little cash I have. <laughs> Make a joke, right. you know. Um, in terms of um, in terms of next steps, I think you have a. You said it was early July potentially, where you have a mm-hmm. um, interview. I think for the next one, we should really focus on behavioral. Mm-hmm. And so I'll ask you a lot of behavioral questions because I think you're going to get that, and especially for like internship type, higher view type questions, it'll be like mm-hmm. why this company why investment banking, why real estate, why, mm-hmm. you know, whatever group you're applying to. And so be prepared for that, but not answering just like, oh, because real estate is interesting, it's more tangible, <clears throat> but ideally something you can pull from your background. Okay. So like, remember the stories we talked about? Mm-hmm. And I, right. I edited some of that, but I think just pulling in wherever you can and just pointing it back to, oh, that's why, that's why, and that's why I really mm-hmm. want, that's why I want this job. Um, and bringing a little bit, a little bit, I know it's a mock, so it's tough, but bringing a little bit more like energy okay, um, to it. So it's like, you're excited about it. Not mm-hmm. like you don't want to be bouncing off the walls, but I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think you would do that because you're not, that's not your personality. You still want to be comfortable in the way you're delivering it. Um, mm-hmm. But just have, making sure you have enough energy there that they feel like, oh, she's like a go-getter, you know? Mm-hmm. I know you are, but I think you're more of a quiet type. You're more like the quiet, hardworking, <laughs> like like more, um, more kind of like how, how I was when I was younger too. Um, so yeah, any questions or thoughts on that? Was that fair critique? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't think it was that helpful because I don't think there was that much you I would have changed. Um, I think, okay. I think it was great. Um, and I think that would definitely get you to the next round if, if I was... Um, that was the person deciding. Um, mm-hmm. There was just that one slip up at the end, which could have right. cost. That's cost the you. one question I always get mixed up on. So just think of it as like the fast growing company can go bankrupt mm-hmm. because networking capital just keeps going. And the change in networking capital is going up. It's mm-hmm. going up. And so like it's draining, like it's all getting, it's all getting put into AR. Like they're revenue, they're, they're recognizing all this revenue, but they're not collecting on it. Right. So that's the easiest way to think of it.
Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Any other, anything else I can do to help over this next month? I don't think so. So you said the modeling course I can get access to online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Send me. Um, actually, send Bella at Wall Street Oasis an email. Okay. And tell her you're just a mentee. Um, okay. And you love access, and she'll she'll get you access to those three that are available now. Okay, great. And that'll be an awesome, productive summer for you. Mm-hmm. Even yes. not going into the office. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Awesome, Grace. We'll have a have an awesome uh, week, the rest of the week and weekend. And um, yeah, try to take some time for yourself too. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah, I could tell you're you've you looked at the stuff a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You did better, I think, this time than the first time. Mm-hmm. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, no. you're getting better. So um, yeah, just keep that up. Keep reviewing it a little bit here and there, and then um, maybe as you get closer to July, start really honing in on the behaviorals and try and mm-hmm. get practice at, at tying in your stories because. Um, that should come naturally. Like as soon as they start asking you a behavioral type question, you shouldn't be thinking, what am I going to say to answer it? You should be thinking, what story am I going to bring in to show? Uh-huh. Right. Like that should be your immediate, like just instinct is like, boom, story, story, story. Uh-huh. Right. <clears throat> um, that's it. That's it. Okay, great. Okay. So, all right, Grace, we'll, we'll talk uh, in about a month then. Okay, great. Sounds okay. good. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.